Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from CPAs and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you real results, both in business and building the life you desire. joining us for episode number 78 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and Co-CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and today we're talking about referrals. Referrals are one of the most economical ways to grow your business, and my co-host today is Katina Peters, partner here at PJS and Co-CPAs. Welcome, Katina. Thanks, Megan. Glad to be here as always, especially since I get to ask you questions today. Yeah, we're totally changing roles here today, and I'm going to be doing most of the talking. So hopefully I do the podcast justice and I don't trip over my words too much today. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, it'll be all good. (laughs) So I thought it would be best to start out with some of the reasons that referrals are so important to your business. And we found a couple of really impactful statistics when we were doing some of the research and putting some of the information together for this episode. So one of the most important reasons that you should be trying to go out and get referrals or you should be talking about it is that those prospects are coming in with more trust than any other lead source, right? If you think about yourself in that process of, you know, whether you're trying to find a service or a product or whatever it may be, if you're just starting on Google Obviously, you're looking at reviews and testimonials and things that we talked about in the last episode, but you know, you kind of take those with a grain of salt. You don't know the person talking about it. If you get a referral from a colleague that you know and respect about someone that they've worked with and they can tell you personally about their experience with that person, you're walking into that conversation with that company in a much different space than you are if you just found them through Google. Right, right. So you're, you know, like you said, you're kind of in the position when you get a referral, you're kind of judging the person giving the referral, at least, Mm -hmm. you know, I know I do like, what do, what do I feel about their ability to, you know, be able to judge this person in the capacity that I'm looking to work with them in. So, um, and obviously, since I have a relationship already with them, I have a pretty good idea of how to judge that. And then I know if I can rely on them to be that good judge of character for what what they're referring, um, then I'm going to have a much higher level of trust, right? Right. To, that, that they're referring to me. So, Right. And to kind of give some hard numbers to wrap your brain around that idea, because we all inherently know that just from personal experiences and going along the business of our day. But there, we found an article from Forbes that talks about an estimate that cold calling is successful about 2% of the time, which you know, we all know cold calling. It, it is what it is. <laughs> Qualified leads, though, they convert about 20% of the time. And you step that up when you talk about referrals, those are converting about half the time, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, you go from cold calling at 2% to referrals, 50% of the time you're converting those leads. Right. Right. And it's, uh, I'm going to step back just to like identify like a qualified lead. I don't know if people know exactly mm. what we're talking about when we say qualified lead. So maybe we should define that a little bit and what that sure. is and how that kind of differs. Yeah. So 
some people use cold to hot leads, which is, you know, everybody's played that game when you were growing up, you know, you're getting hotter, you're getting hotter, you're on fire. <laughs> um, you know, so that's kind of explains taking the, the lead through the sales process. So a cold lead would be somebody that, you know, you haven't talked to at all. And then you take them through that sales funnel of building the relationship, showing them how you work, showing them services. And by the time they get to a qualified lead, also known as a hot lead, you know, going through that temperature analogy, they are at the point where they they understand your pricing structure, they understand your services, they they're interested, they know full circle what you're about, and they're ready to purchase. They're ready to buy. Now they may have um, singled it down to maybe one or two companies. You know, mm-hmm. they, they haven't signed an engagement letter. They haven't signed up for your services yet, but they are qualified. They understand and they're ready to purchase. Yeah, great. And that, I mean, and part of that process also in, you know, well-run and established businesses with sales systems is also to qualify that person or company, whoever, as, as a good fit for you as well. So it kind of goes both ways. It's not right. just, are they interested in us or interested in your services, but are, are they the fit? Are they the right you know, customer or client for you for the type of service that you're doing and the type of businesses that you want to work with, et cetera. So there's a little bit of, of play back and forth on that. So kind of to come back around to that study. So like you said, 2% on just uh, cold calls, phone calls, um, however you're getting, you know, in front of them, right? There's like a 2% response rate to those kinds of things, putting out a lot of effort, right? For 2%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. coming back 20% in your qualified leads. Cause like, as you explained, they're more ready to buy, they're invested, they fit you, et cetera. So that's a little bit higher, but 50%, even just from the 20%, that's a big jump, you know, for people. So referrals um, definitely are a great way to get new customers or clients. Definitely. And another reason is that every time that you're expanding your circle, whether that be with other contacts in your industry, um, because referrals don't only come from current clients. A lot of people, I think when you think of referral, immediately your mind goes to, oh, I'm asking current clients to refer out my services, you know, ask for referrals from people that they know. But that can be other service providers that you work with. Maybe you know another IT company that serves the same industry that you serve. They can give you referrals, you know. So your circle is not just your clients. Your circle is anybody that you're working with, maybe in your industry or um, providing services that are related to what you're yes. doing. So anytime that you're growing that circle that you have, you're expanding your opportunities for more referrals too. So it kind of grows exponentially as you make those contacts, which is another great reason that referrals are so important and crucial for your business. So we've talked a little bit about, okay, obviously we've, I think, uh, definitely dived into why it's important and why it's a good thing. But then, you know, it's like, oh, I'd love to get referrals, but I just, I'm just not, I just don't get referrals. Like they just don't come. So, you know, Mm -hmm. what are, you know, some things that we need to like keep in mind or how do we kind of get into that, you know, ability to get referrals out of people? Yeah. And I think, You really have to step back and think about the experience that your clients or customers are having when they're working with you, because you have to be delivering that high level, exceptional service that's worth talking about, right? If you're delivering a service that's mediocre, that maybe you have too many clients, you're having a hard time with response rates, you're, you're 
brain and your heart are in the right place and you want to deliver great service, but it's in reality, it's not happening. Why would your clients go out of their way to make the referral? Because it, it it's work, right? Your clients are busy. Your circle of influence is busy. Those partners that you're working with, they have busy days. They're all trying to build their businesses. So you have to go above and beyond to make that experience worthwhile for them to go out on a limb and say, hey, I have this really great company because they have to have trust in you that you're going to take care of their friend or colleague or whoever they're recommending to. Right. Because they want to they don't want to refer someone and then the, their family member or their friend or colleague then has a bad experience that doesn't reflect well on them either. Right. So. Right. Your reputation's on the line when you're recommending somebody, you know, you're kind of lending yourself to their services because you're using your relationship with that person to say, hey, I vouch for this company. I vouch for this person, whoever's doing the service. Right. So you do, you have to build up that trust. And there was another statistic that I found from Statista that shows 61% of millennial consumers are willing to pay more for a guaranteed good experience. So this is a great place to be too. If you're not maybe a cost leader, if you're really stepping it up and putting everything that you have into delivering that out of the ballpark experience for your clients, people are willing to pay extra to know that they're going to be taken care of. So that's the first thing is just really pay attention to the services from start to finish, you know, whether it's a one-time service, whether it's continued maintenance services that you're working with your clients all around, it has to be stellar. Yeah. I think, you know, to kind of support that, statistic research I think you know we we oftentimes as business owners think you know people oh they won't pay that price or that you know people are really worried about price and of course people have to understand a price and have to you know have a budget and those kinds of things but um this is just kind of a little more proof to the to the fact that people will prioritize a a good experience and and not having to deal with headaches and those Mm -hmm. kinds of things over that price point um at least to a certain extent right they're willing to pay more in that circumstance so investing in that in your business and in your you know how you manage your clients their their experience like you said and how that's going um that's gonna really pay off in this situation totally and people understand the the old adage, you get what you pay for, right? So a lot of times going with the budget option, you kind of understand that you're getting, you know, probably a lesser experience for that. The next thing that I want to address is that you have to invest in your relationships with the people that you're asking for referrals from, right? Because it's, again, it comes back to that trust and building up that rapport with your clients, with your partners in your industry they, again, are going out on that limb and you need to be engaged with them on an ongoing basis. Even if it is, say you have a one-time service that you deliver, are you then reaching out to follow up and make sure, you know, everything, all their needs were met? Is there any follow-up that you can provide? Again, kind of coming back up to that service that you're delivering and the exceptional services, that involves engaging and creating those relationships with the people that you're working with. Yeah, and I think it's important to keep in mind that, you know, whatever service you're providing, obviously you need to do that very well and it needs to to live up to the standards of what you're selling and what you're promising and what the expectations are. And But I think that, you know, we're all also 
people right and people want to be heard they like to be know that you care you know so kind of around the technical aspects of the business you know there's probably things and you can maybe speak to this a little bit that you can put into place that kind of just are universally you know hey we care about you yeah and acknowledging like big life events like having a baby or getting married or even little things like birthdays you know people appreciate that personal aspect and taking the time to acknowledge those things in your life that are going on we're people it's not just about business and i think that's it's like this weird line that people don't want to cross you know oh i'm their cpa oh i'm their lawyer but there's a whole person behind that one aspect that you're dealing with when it comes to their business and it's worth it to build that relationship and get to know, you know, what they're doing for the summer, where they're going on vacation. Those things matter to people and it's important to build that relationship. And I think those are just, you know, a couple things off the top of my head that you can do to acknowledge and build that with, with people. And I know there's like a, a, a kind of a famous quote, I believe out there, I don't know who said it, but people don't always mem- remember what you do, but they remember how you made them feel, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, and I think that's very yep. true. Um, and so that's just one more thing to just think about because, and, and just think about your own experiences. I think sometimes as business owners, we like divorce ourselves from, you know, we don't, we stop thinking about ourselves as people and like how we feel, right? right? So we put ourselves <laughs> in that, put ourselves in the consumer position and, and how, we want to feel going through an experience right and that's the same situation here and we just have to to work to build that into our businesses I think as well and and I think sometimes we don't you know put ourselves in that mindset right Mm -hmm. and um, so you know even though we know like you said everyone knows we know but somehow we don't always connect that you know together right um, we're doing things like that so yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're all trying to build up successful businesses. So it's easy to get lost in the details of, and the heaviness, right? There's a lot of responsibility that comes with building up that business. So it's kind of easy to let go of the personal aspects of the niceties of, oh yeah, that person has a birthday that they celebrate. Oh yeah, they they got married, but that's not related to their business, you know, but <laughs> they're, they're one person, they're one whole person that it's all right. intertwined. Exactly, exactly. So, so I think, you know, we've kind of covered, you have to give a service that is worthy of referral, right? So that's, you know, that's a pretty big key in this whole thing, right? Um, so what's uh, another way that we can kind of, again, get those referrals to start flowing? Yeah. And number one, obviously, is giving them ex- an experience that is worth sharing, um, that they want to go out and talk about. I think we've all had experiences on both sides of the spectrum as far as a fantastic experience that we want to tell everybody about and then a terrible experience that we want to tell everybody about. But we get passionate on both sides of those spectrums, right? But it has to be something that we've never seen before or just they have to go above and beyond. So that's, it, you know, which is why we started out with that. But tap into that passion that you know that you felt when you've received services and deliver something that would make it worth talking about. The other thing that can make things a little more simpler is to put together a template. And this could be an email template. Um, It's usually the easiest way to go about doing that, but they could always also use that as a script when they're on the phone with somebody. Because like I said, the people that you're asking for referrals from are busy. They don't have time to try to put this whole script together in their brain about, okay, well, what is it that they they do? Because they might not have 
all of the services that you offer. You know, maybe they have one service line, but they forget that you have all these other things that you're doing and can help people with. So it's helpful if you put something together that's brief, you know, maybe one paragraph that they could send out to colleagues that they have in mind that they could benefit from your services. You can also provide them with marketing materials like a one sheet or a brochure. It depends on if you're virtual or in person. And then a brief description of the types of clients that you enjoy working with, because maybe they have somebody in mind, but Mm -hmm. it's not typically the type of client that you work with. And that can kind of put you in an awkward spot too, because you just asked them for this referral. They came back with one, but it's really not going to work out. And that's something that you can clear up a lot of times preemptively before going into the ask of, hey, do you have anybody in mind? Yeah. And can kind of clear up some awkward situations that can happen from that. (laughs) Right. For sure. All right. So I think that's good. I think, you know, and I think that can a little bit be summed up. And I think we said kind of making it easy, right? We want to make it easy for, for people to refer us by helping them with things that they can say, things that they can think about, um, and obviously having that great experience. So what else can we add as far as, you know, before we kind of start asking for referrals, what are some things that we should be looking at doing? Yeah. So a good way to start, before you start asking referrals, you want to make sure that you have a good baseline and that you understand that your clients are happy. Right. If you have no sense of how your clients feel about your services because you haven't asked them in any way, shape, or form, probably not a good point to start out the conversation just asking for something from them, right? You want to take care of your clients and proactively ask them how they're feeling about your services before you go to any ask. So that could be, I mean, if you don't have an official survey process in place, you can ask them over the phone, you know, how do you feel about how things are going? Is there anything I could do to improve the level of service that you're providing? Is there something that's missing? You can have those conversations in person or over the phone, over Zoom, whatever it may be. Or if you have a survey process in place, that's even better. But you want to make sure that you have clients that are happy first before you even go there. And I think that's an important point to address because you don't want to just go in blindsided and maybe they're not happy. Maybe, maybe that opens the door for, you know, oh, well, I'm going to write a Google review or whatever. And they're, they're just not happy. So you want to know before you walk into that conversation. Right. Right. And then, and then, you know, obviously I think we've talked about in prior podcasts, if you're getting feedback, that's not the stellar experience, then you can definitely utilize that, go back into your business processes, make improvements, get that up to par because, you know, we we still want to be making our business better regardless. So, and then of course, if we are doing that and we get to that point, then we're going to get, start getting better feedback in our surveys and then, you know, more potentially referrals. And if we are in the position of having those surveys out or, or on the phone, what have you, and we're getting um, positive feedback, then I assume the next step would be to, you know, actively follow up and maybe ask for a referral. Yes. Yep. And like we said with testimonials, part of the reason that people don't get referrals is because they're simply not asking. And it doesn't have to be this big 30 minute conversation that you have to have with your clients that you dread and you have to work yourself up to, you know, it doesn't have to be this big thing that people make it out to be. 
and I think it's important to be respectful of your clients. And if you ask and they say no, respect that. You know, maybe they don't have anybody in mind. Maybe they just don't have the time to do it. There's a million reasons that they could be saying no. It's not necessarily a reflection on the services that you're providing and you don't want to take this personal. (laughs) Don't take it personally. And you can create various opportunities for them to advocate for you too. So obviously, I think the majority of people who are happy with you and have a relationship built up with you are happy to to get your name out there and send your information out to their colleagues. But if you do get a no, you can ask, obviously give them time first to say, oh, that's no problem. I totally understand. You know, let me know if there's anything else that I can do to it depends on what their reason is for no, if there's follow-up necessary, but just take it graciously and give them space. Um, But after a few months have passed, you can also open up other opportunities like leaving a Google review, leaving a Yelp review, a little lower of an ask than asking for referrals too. And they may be more comfortable with something like that. So don't, don't take it personally, be respectful be prepared for a no answer. I think that's the the biggest thing. Have the mindset that that is a potential answer that you might get so that you're not offended and you don't take it personally when and if it happens. Sure. Makes sense. Okay. Good to know. All right. So um, so we're asking, though, most importantly, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't get anywhere without asking. Um, and then I think, you know, kind of moving more into the space of dealing with you know, maybe related businesses, CPAs, bankers, attorneys, you know, business to business type referral situations um, mm-hmm. where you tend to have similar clients in common. So like you said about earlier about, you know, creating these circles of influence places that you were involved in where you're talking to people in those other industries for really for a win-win situation hopefully like you want to work with good professionals that you can refer your clients to also so that your clients can get the best situation that they need as well um so that's you know obviously pretty common in the business world so can you talk a little bit about you know that scenario as well yeah in building those relationships it's important to like you said come at it from a place of service to your client because you don't want to just build this up with dollar signs in your eyes as far as, oh, I'm going to get so many referrals because this person's so networked and so connected. But are they delivering a great service that would benefit your clients too? Because part of building those relationships is reciprocating those referrals, right? You don't want to just be the person that's constantly taking. It's a give-take relationship that you're building with these people. And at the heart of it is your client who is ideally helped further by this network of people that you're bringing together, this network of referrers. Yeah. And I, I always like to talk to about being careful here because <laughs> if you do not vet the people that you're bringing into this network, you can get yourself into kind of some sticky situations. Like we said, you're putting your basically your reputation on the line when you're recommending another service. So you need to be concrete in the services that that referral partner is offering. Because if you have a client that you've worked with for five, 10 years, and you've built up this amazing relationship with them, your services are always on point, but you refer out to this person that completely fails them. That's not going to reflect well on you. 
And so you have to damage your relationship. Right. Right. You could end up losing clients versus gaining them. You know, I, we're talking about referrals and building up your business through this way, but if you're not careful and you don't take it slow and bet people correctly, it can do more harm than good for sure. Definitely. Now I don't want to scare people totally off of doing this. There's plenty of really good service providers, but just do your homework and build that Mm -hmm. relationship with them. Just like you're building the relationship with the client. You need to build it up, understand their business, understand, you know, where they're coming from, what their goal is, what they're trying to accomplish in their business um, so that you can make sure that the alignment is good between you and them and between them and and your client who you're potentially referring over. But Mm -hmm. you can create some really dynamic referral networks as well as dynamic power partnerships, I guess I want to say, um, for your clients too, right? And your, and your customers by having these kinds of things, if it's just more in business to business. Um, but even if it's, you know, if you have customers, but you're referring, you know, other types of businesses in there, you know, you can still do this with it. it like you said, it's a great service to be able to augment to your clients so that they're just elevated even beyond what just your service offering is. And that can be extremely powerful for your clients as well. So I want to put that positive side of this too there along with I'll I'll just be the doom and gloom over here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then I think we we talked a little bit about uh, rewards earlier. And so we might want to, you know, touch on that as well. Yeah. So after you ask and you've gone through this whole process of maybe creating the template and they've gone through all the work of reaching out to their network and you finally get a referral from somebody, you don't want to just ignore that, right? Oh, great. I got new business. And then you totally forget about the people that you asked for referrals from. That is not how you want to operate. You want to reach out and have some kind of follow-up process where you make them feel appreciated right? They went out on a limb. They, you know, like we said, there's, there's a little bit of risk involved in recommending your service. They have to trust you to do that. So you want to reward that. And there's multiple ways to do that. I mean, and make sure that this aligns with the type of business that you have, the values that you have, there could potentially be some limitations regarding, you know, the legal aspect of how you reward for referrals, um, depending on your industry. But For example, you could send out a card, a gift, you could even do cash. Some people choose to institute an official customer referral program where the rewards are very clear, everything's detailed, everything's outlined, but that obviously takes some work uh, to put together. If you don't want to go that route, you can, you know, kind of default back to simpler incentives, like I said, like a Starbucks or Amazon gift card. It doesn't have to be huge. And it kind of depends on the level of service that you're offering, right? If you're mm-hmm. if yep. your service is a hundred dollars versus ten thousand dollars, that gift and the thank you is going to change depending on the level that you're asking. Right. The level of service that you're at, what the level of benefit and, and involvement and, right. and, and, and risk. I mean, it was kind of right. funny you took that as a risk, but if I'm referring somebody to do something for a hundred dollars, my level of risk and you know, if it not working out or something is, is going to be a lot smaller. Right. But if right. I'm referring somebody to go somewhere and pay 10, 20, $30,000, 
I'm going to definitely have a higher level of risk to, you know, just to really vet them and make sure. And so, um, you know, that's, it's kind of ties into this whole thing. And I think, like you said, you can have a program, you can have something big. I think the the main thing is to have something, right? Right. To have that heart of gratitude, to make sure that you're reaching out and thanking them and, and doing something nice and just that you really appreciate it mm-hmm. ultimately. Yep. Yeah. Just don't ignore them. That's the worst feeling. You know, what I think we've all been there too, when we've referred service and then you just never hear from the person to even say thank you, you know, or get a thank you. Not that you do things for, to get that gratitude, but it's just, it's one of those things where you kind of yeah. feel not so great when you're just ignored after, right? So you don't want right. to do that to others. Right. And you kind of go back to that whole thing we were talking about earlier. We're all people mm-hmm. and we all like to know that, you know, that others care, that they, you know, we we remember how they make us feel. <laughs> and right. and it causes concern too for because now you've sent them a referral, you didn't get anything really acknowledging the referral and and you get maybe a little worried about are they really doing a good job for this person I just referred them right. to? Because like, I didn't hear anything back. I don't know if, you know, what's going on. You know, obviously you could talk to your person that you referred, but it, it kind of, if you're communicating back to the source of the referral, that's going to, again, elevate that level of relationship and trust and just feeling more comfortable and confident in you as someone they want to refer to. Right. Again, just kind of full circle, building that relationship and trust up. Yep. All right. So we've talked about lots of things with regards to referrals. I hope that helps just kind of tie it all up in a bow and how to you know, get some more referrals. But Megan, did you have any final thoughts or, you know, specific takeaways that you wanted to revisit at the end here? Yeah, I think it's, it comes down to taking action, asking and not wasting the referrals once you get them, right? You want to continue to build that network. And once you get that referral, don't waste the trust that they've built up. You know, you've built that trust with the person that referred them. The person that referred them over has built that trust. There's a lot of relationship building that has gone into getting you to that point. So don't waste it. Use that wisely. Take action. Keep doing the hard things that no one else is willing to do because that's going to take your business to the next level. Absolutely. Sounds great. Perfect. Well, if you like this topic and you're interested in more ways that you can grow your business, head over to pjscpas.com forward slash four dash ways to get our free webinar that walks you through the four ways you can grow your business. We have included a worksheet with that as well, so you can walk away with actionable ideas for your own business. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can hear our podcast every other week. You will get a notification with every new episode that we put out. Thank you so much for joining us. Keep that momentum going, and we'll see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.